Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's a Wednesday night, open week edition of the Doghouse, here on the Believe Podcast Network. Welcome back into the Doghouse on this rainy Wednesday evening. I'm your host, David Murray, and yeah, rain this afternoon while I was out getting a good bit of yard work done. Kathy wanted to move some plants around, uh, get some other ones into the ground, and even though it started sprinkling, uh, well, once you start, you might as well keep going. That's the kind of thing you do during an open date because regular season football consumes your body, mind, even your soul. It saps all your energies, but hey, we do it because we love it, and we follow Mississippi State because we love them, even when things are not great. And right now, things are not great for the Bulldogs. Three and three, but three straight SEC losses before defeating Western Michigan. However, top topic of the week, Mississippi State did not come out of that game unscathed. Uh, Woody Marks re-injured the ankle that's going to probably keep bothering him all season long. I expect him to play every game unless something is really serious and a doctor just says no. And for that matter, probably has to lock him into the locker room so that he can't get out on the field because Woody is just that kind of warrior. He did play the whole first half against Western Michigan, then was able to sit out the second half. Fortunately, even despite the absence of Jeffrey Pittman, who should be back for the next game as well, you saw that Seth Davis and Kevon Lee were more than able to take care of the second half and keep the rushing game on schedule. But that's not the big injury coming out of the game. All day, we had one teleconference, the SEC's coaches teleconference, and then a smaller group meeting for the locals with Coach Zach Arnett. Obviously, the question was, however we cleverly tried to phrase it, not me, I've been around this too long, I let others take that bullet first, and uh, what's happening with Will Rogers? Okay, as best we can tell right now, it's a, of course, you saw, everyone saw, it's a left shoulder situation, which Arnett has confirmed, speaking to the Memphis Touchdown Club on Monday night and following up today. No other specifics offered about what type of injury and uh, certainly no updates on what his status might be for either this open date, whether he's practicing or not. I strongly suspect not, though I can't base that on anything provable, so don't hold me to it. As far as next week for Arkansas, well, a lot can get done as far as training and rehab and other treatments during the course of this. And State does have the open date. They finished up practices this afternoon. The players have been turned loose. The coaches are on the road recruiting, which we'll talk more about in a moment. And we'll also be playing Coach Zach Arnett's local press conference in full after this recording. But what about Rodgers? Well, at this point, I think he's going to be doubtful for the Arkansas game. That's based strictly on long time watching these sorts of things and basic observations as well. Now, that's hardly definitive because, remember, last year he played with, I believe it was a second-degree AC sprain in the throwing shoulder and still was able to come back the next week and play and throw the ball just fine. This is an injury to his left shoulder. Now, the severity of it, Maybe more, maybe less. He was not in a sling. He not no treatment obvious. It happened midway of the fourth quarter, so he just stood on the sideline, handed the helmet to the managers, and watched Mike Wright take care of the rest of the game and the dog defense make a couple of stops as well to get the victory. By the way, that was his, I believe, twenty-second victory as a starter, which puts him fourth on the all-time Mississippi State list. He's only one win behind as a starter. Remember. Uh, such illustrious names as Dak Prescott and John Bond. 
And let's see, the record is 25, Wayne Matkin, who, by the way, was honored this past weekend uh, between quarters at the game. So will Rodgers have a chance to make a run at that all-time starters winning record? Well, first it depends on does he play against Arkansas. And again, my guessing at this point is probably, let's say possibly not. Um, Here we get into all those shaded words like a doubtful, questionable, all these kind of things. And since we're not allowed to watch practice, nor should anyone at this point of the season, I am not going to be one of those guys that gripes about it, nor am I going to be the kind of guy who uh, just conveniently takes a pair of binoculars in the car and sits outside the practice field just to see. I don't doubt that's going to happen, but not from us. Uh, If the coaches are going to play straight with us otherwise, and no sense of us going around and cutting corners on that. It will all play out on its own. And besides, we do get to talk to Coach Arnett on Monday at a formal press conference where absolutely this topic will come up again. And as long with the status of Woody Marks and a couple of the dogs who missed this past weekend, uh, DeMonte Russell, defensive end, uh, Justin Robinson, a wide receiver, uh, Kyle Ferry, who was hurt in the game, uh, got his, rolled up on his ankles, seems to be okay by all indications. He was uh, talking to people from the sideline post game while standing there wearing a boot. And keep in mind, too, that when you're wearing those boots, well, Dan Mullen once said it very well uh, back in the early 20-teens when he advised media, if you're in the stock market, start investing in these boots because we're going to be buying a whole bunch of them and making players wear them whether they want to or not if there's any sort of lower leg or foot situation. So I think Ferry should be okay, but even in his absence, Nicholas Barmira, who was signed for the job before this freshman Ferry beat him out, was able to take care of the field goals along with his regular duties on kickoffs. Well, what about Rodgers? Again, and I've given you all that we really honestly know at this point. Everything else is speculation, supposition. Um, the family's not talking. Um, our cohort has been talking to the family about other things. He was not going to specifically ask about the injuries working on a feature for later in the season. So I don't think we're going behind any you know, back channels. The Mississippi state was very well aware of this contact uh, players. Well, we, we had four players today and darn sure we weren't going to put any of them on the spot, particularly the offensive guys, Cole Smith, as close as we came to that was asking what it's like. Any, is there any different snapping to Will Rogers or to Mike Wright? And as you would expect of an old dog like him, he handled it just fine and no sour looks from the PR staff. So that was perfectly legitimate as well. So if Rogers is unable to go, well, obviously that turns it over to Mike Wright, who got his most playing time. And that was before the injury, by the way. And Mississippi State has been looking for ways to work him more into sit- beyond just the straight uh, third and short or goal line situations. And it began with the South Carolina game. And some curious uses, as we've talked about before, because a first downs would not seem to be his forte, especially if you're going to let him have a first down, then bring Rodgers back in. But against Western Michigan, he was able to work entire series by plan. Now, we do have to say that when he was inserted there as the quarterback for the third series, Mississippi State was up 10 nothing and had just been a machine on offense. Rodgers, uh, I think, had 11 snaps, six of them produced gains of 10 or more yards, whether passing or running. And for whatever reason, I'm certainly not implying this is Wright's fault. It's just there was a change of tempo, change of momentum, change of something. And the offense went cold for most of the rest of the half until State was able to tack on a touchdown for a 17-0 lead, which um, was barely enough as things came on in the second half. State had to win the game 41-28 as the defense again struggled. And I'm afraid that's going to continue 
the rest of the season as well. But Wright got plenty of snaps, uh, was uh, I think 7 of 10 throwing the ball, and his best pass of all was not caught, just a straight strike down the middle that uh, Jaden Wally just kind of seemed surprised that it came there to him that quickly and that efficiently because it was on target and he got it on his hands. Now, maybe there was a defender's hand in the way. I still wonder if the ball was ticked in any sort of the way. It was not given a deflection officially. My point being, he threw a good deep ball that game, and that's been the question about him all along ever since he transferred from Vanderbilt and his specific use, the notion that he is strictly a runner, Maybe a short passing guy, whereas Rodgers is the more balanced quarterback as far as the offense goes, not the runner. Although you've seen him get some positive gains in recent games when he decides to tuck the ball and go quickly. But that's not his game. So you've got two guys that generally when you sub them in and out, you knew up to now what they were doing. But maybe not so much after that game. There's a more balanced attack coming from both and so you'd really like to have both of them ready for an Arkansas game, which, quite frankly, is setting up as a must-win for the Bulldogs if they're to have any serious hopes of postseason status at this point. Yes, there are others, but Arkansas, especially as they're going to be coming off Alabama this weekend, and I think the people who predict such things have put a 19-point line out there just to try to draw some money on the Razorbacks in Tuscaloosa. Well... We wonder what kind of mindset they're going to be on. And we did talk to a couple of players today about early scouting of Arkansas and memories of playing him, like talking to Jet Johnson about his many frequent collisions with a guy named K.J. Jefferson, who he says, yep, he's a load. <laughs> and so expect to see them reunited a week from this Saturday in Fayetteville. So if Rodgers is unable to go right, we'll get it. And then what is the status of Chris Parson? Well, he's been running the scout team all fall. And according to players we talked to, he's running the ball, not just operating. And when I say running, operating the scout team offense, he's actually running. And that's a guy who's coming off a high school senior season knee injury that cramped him all during spring when he enrolled state at Mississippi State early and slowed him down even some of the preseason. If he is full speed to go running the ball, well, now you've got a chance to do some mix and match even if Rodgers is not available for the game because the ball comes out of his hand really, really nicely. Yes, he's yet to throw a real pass in college, and you can practice all you want to. I am not going to stoop to making any cracks about practicing against this Mississippi State secondary. That's, that should be beneath us right now. It is tempting. But you like the fact, you know, and I've seen Rodgers enough in preseason and other guys too. Parson has that quick release, a nice flat throw. He likes to throw on the move as well. So I think the future's bright with him at quarterback, but how much of that will be this season? Well, it again comes down to Rodgers because he is still the best chance for Mississippi State in most of the remaining matchups this season. Uh, what kind of matchup is Arkansas? Well, we'll know more about them after they come off the field at Tuscaloosa and see what they're feeling like if their running back is healthy and what kind of mindset they're in knowing the season's getting away from them pretty fast. Mississippi State season could get away quickly too, but they have winnable games, i.e. uphill battles given the state of the defense, but winnable games with Arkansas and Auburn. And then, of course, you have the home game with Kentucky who got a hard dose of reality from Georgia but still will bring a potent running game to Scott Field. And, uh, again, we keep putting the pressure on the defense there, but it is what it is at this point. I don't think there's any magical things you can do, no scheme changes, no really tweaks or surprises you can throw in there. You just need to get guys healthy. 
You need Demonte Russell back to absolute full speed at the end position. You need Calvin Dinkins back as a rotation guy in the middle, uh, especially now that State's lost Trevian Williams for the year. And you need to make some really clear decisions. What's going to be done with Sam linebacker position? I like the way John Lewis is coming there. Still raw, still doesn't always know what to do in every situation, but athletically can make up for some things that maybe some of the other Sam linebackers tend to struggle with, even though they've been around longer. The secondary pretty much is what it is, although you saw Bryce Pollock, the true freshman, being worked in more at one of the cornerback positions where State is just desperate to find some kind of answer opposite DeCam Richardson. Offensively, the line should be getting back to health. Uh, You notice, too, that they've been subbing a lot of tackles in, even outright alternation, uh, starting Dollar Bill Johnson at one end, Cameron Jones at the other, but you're seeing Percy Lewis getting some more snaps, and Bill, the Juco kid, who I think is just – he has a chance to have a really, really big 2024 season at that tackle position as well. But it's going to come down to the dogs doing what they do and just getting healthy, getting Justin Robinson back in the mix, um, just getting guys put in the right positions again. I don't know what the answer is at the tight end position. Of course, Ryland Gooday missed the Western Michigan game. Frankly, he probably shouldn't have played Alabama or then because he's had a hurting foot for a while, but he tried to battle through it and then just could not go this past weekend. And that leaves you with two options. You can go with Malik Ellis, and indeed State has started him. Good blocker, offensive lineman who they have yet to throw the ball to, although there's players who insist he can catch in practices. So who knows? This may be the opportunity coming up to get a 265-pound lineman with the ball on his hands and see what he can do. Uh, who was it? I think it was Seth Davis who said that, hey, if he does catch it, who's going to stop him <laughs> in there? And then, of course, Antonio Harmon at the tight end position, although he has raised his blocking game in the run game, which has been a very much improved area for the Bulldog team. Yeah, I think you'll get Pittman back, and Marks is going to be what he is the rest of the season. He's going to play hurt. He's going to play hard. And when it's time for him to sit down, you're going to plug some other guys in who bring most of his elements to the game other than just the pure, raw leadership he has. All right, we've talked on close to 15 minutes now, so let's just turn it over to Zach Arnett. Again, this was his local press conference. We held it in Palmero Center because there was weightlifting going on where we usually have our uh, midweek conferences with the coaches. So we went to Palmero. You may hear some noises in the background. That's the cooling system and uh, some baseball players down at the far end of the facility uh, taking care of their business because, again, the Diamond Dogs are also busy right now with their own World Series. Mike Nemeth has been reporting regularly on those games. You might want to check the stats out, but more so who's playing what and where. We did have interviews on Monday. I was enjoyed watch, writing my feature on Dakota Jordan, who, um, after his brief flirtation through the transfer portal, now is entirely back in the good graces and glad to be here. Uh, Justin was able to talk to Stone Simmons, who hopes to get back on the mound for the first time since the 2021 season and probably in a relief role there. And then a good talk with Coach Chris Lamonis as well, who filled in quite a few positional um, situations and contests going on and how Coach Justin Parker is handling the pitching. As far as basketball, we didn't have any chance to talk with them this past week. Uh, Last access would have been Friday when Justin was over to watch their exhibition on Columbus Air Force Base, closed to the public, but by all accounts a good show by both Chris Jans and Sam Purcell's teams there. And the show was the whole purpose, to entertain our military and staff at the Air Force Base there. 
Um, we don't know what our next talk with Jan is going to be. SEC Media Days is coming up. I believe it will be a week from today, and that's outside um, Mountain Brook over in Birmingham. And Justin will be making the trip over there to cover it and see what uh, Jan has to say. Of course, you've heard the news that Tolu Smith has hurt a foot and is out for pre-SEC season. Uh, referring into the weather here, it's not exactly pouring, but when it rains on the injury front, it sure seems to pour for the Bulldogs, whether it's football, basketball, or anything else. But if he's able to come back full speed for SEC season, well, State has enough bodies to get through it. Um, the front court will be a little thinner. Sean Murphy will be out as well. Still, you think that with this schedule, they can battle through and keep the net rating high enough. And once in SEC play, get the roster, get the whole gang back together, and just start playing ball for real and try to make that run for return to the NCAA tournament. Well, that's what's going on in the other two couple sorts. By the way, as far as Humphrey Coliseum goes, we've talked to some people involved with the project. The Humphrey Coliseum will be entirely playable by November 10th when the women open in 11th. Um, there'll be some detail items like paint or uh, trim and other stuff that are not quite done. They're trying to race to get the club level finished in time for opening. It may not, and this is not anything to do with the contract or the calendar. It just comes down, we're told, to some subcontractor issues. And yes, those dreaded words that you're so sick of hearing about the last three years, but it's true. The supply chain for building materials is still kind of complicated on certain specialty items, and that's slowing it up. But I can say that driving past the hump today to these football interviews, they're landscaping. Plants are being put in place outside, so that's a sign they're getting pretty close to finishing several areas of it so they can just focus on the remaining internal items to take care of. Hey, a little greenery being thrown out there, even though it's uh, time for all the leaves and everything to fall here in fall. But... That's another good sign that uh, they're making progress as well. And I just found it amusing. Maybe you don't, but hey, we just look for all these signs of progress we can in getting the hump, the building which opened back in, yes, 1975. Yes, my freshman year at Mississippi State. And still is chugging along strong and will be better than ever once this renovation is fully complete and ready to go. All right. Let's shut up our yakking here and let's turn it over to our press conference today with Coach Zach Arnett in the Palmero Center. Uh, this is the Doghouse, and you've been listening here on the Believe Podcast Network, and you've liked what you're hearing from me. Or if you like you're hearing with the coach, even better, why don't you give us a like on Apple Podcast? Thanks for checking in on this bye week, and we'll be talking to you next week after we get some uh, follow-up from Coach Arnett and the coordinators. We talked to them Monday following practice and players as the Bulldogs prepare to resume their season next weekend, 11 o'clock in the morning, thank you, at Fayetteville. You know, as they say, uh, those morning kickoffs do tend to favor the visiting team in SEC action, especially if the home team is on losing streak. Fingers crossed on that. All right, here's Coach Zark Arnett. It's, a, it's big for the players to kind of rest and, and recuperate. How about the staff? And what are you guys doing this week to kind of maybe, you know, find your center again? Yeah, yeah we're like a yoga studio, right? It's very holistic this week. Um, obviously, we're, we're going to jump on Arkansas prep. Uh, again, you mentioned it gives a chance to spend more time with younger guys, uh, more developmental guys that have played a whole lot, kind of get back to fundamentals, techniques. Obviously, you're doing self-scout. Uh, coaches were on the road recruiting though for you know the next two days 
It's, uh, school has fall break, so we'll finish up practice today, give the guys Thursday, Friday, and Saturday off, and then uh, coaches go on the road recruiting. And then, you know, it's a little, it's a little more relaxed because you don't have a game on Saturday, but yeah, there's still plenty of work to be done. Halfway through the season now, uh, how would you kind of assess where your defense is at, and is there kind of any points of emphasis that you want to see them kind of fix or work on heading forward to this kind of home stretch of the year? Uh, I mean, obviously there's there's drives, there's quarters or halves we can point to. We can say that we're executing at a pretty high level, and you know we can play. We're capable of playing good defense, and then there's uh, just the opposite of that. Right? And there's drives and halves we can point to where we don't look like a very good defense. And so, obviously, uh, when you get an off week like this. You're, you're doing a lot of self-scout. Um, you're being highly critical of, of yourselves as coaches, you know, what you're calling, how you're teaching it, uh, maybe tweaks you can make. And so that, that's, that's what a bye week is used for. But it uh, gets, gets back to fundamentals and, and techniques, right? The, the game of football, any phase, right, comes down to blocking, tackling, right, putting your eyes in the right position, reacting accordingly to what your key tells you. And so... Uh, that's what this bye week gives us an opportunity to kind of get back and reinforce. Speaking of self-scouting, when you went back and, and watched the film of Western Michigan, what do you think about Kevon Lee and what he provided for the offense and what he went out and just his role moving forward? I think I think every time Kevon's got – I think he had one carry that went from minus yards there in that last game on a, on a short yardage. And he'd probably like to have him back and keep it up inside and kind of bounced into maybe an edge pressure. But – other than that, I think if you look at the whole season, every time he's got carries, they've been they've been some positive yardage runs and a couple explosive ones he's got out there. So, you know, he's a bigger back. He's got big, thick leg, lower half on him. It's difficult to bring down and tackle. And those are the kind of backs you kind of need in this league because usually you're playing a good defense every week. And uh, you got to be able to break some tackles because there's some big, strong, physical defensive linemen and linebackers. Between uh... – whether it was after the game or, you know, you're available in Memphis the other night or the teleconference. I'm not going to ask you about any injury updates. Don't worry, you're, you're safe oh. on there. Oh. But uh, in the event that, uh, you know, Mike has to start uh, in favor, what makes you kind of confident in him, you know, to, to lead your guys under center? Because we've seen, obviously, flashes of him, but what makes you confident in him? Well, before I get to that, get to that. in the event you ask a roundabout question about, right, I'll give you an answer. But no, right. I, the reality is, is no matter what position you play, no matter what position you play, it's not unique to the quarterback, no matter what position you play, right, whether you are the starter or not, you must prepare as you are the starter. Okay? And so I have full faith and confidence. Mike's, Mike has taken advantage of every opportunity he's, he's had this season. Right? He's scored several touchdowns. He's distributed the balls for several touchdowns when he's been in. He saw increased action last week. If, if he hit... Right. If he has to play additional snaps, we have no reason to believe he won't perform the exact same. So, You've had some guys out in recent weeks. Who are some of the guys maybe trending in the right direction you expect to get back in the next week or so? Well, that's the beautiful thing about a bye week, right? Everyone's trending in the right direction because it gives you, you have time to get additional rest and recovery for guys. Again, there's some guys who played a lot of snaps that were kind of uh, limiting, limiting their reps this week. But while we spend more time investing it in the younger guys, um, anytime you go through a full season, you're going to need depth. You're going to need guys to play more than maybe you initially thought going into the season. So that's been good for us and our coach and staff to, to get to spend time with the young guys. But simply put, I'd say everyone's trending in the right direction right now. What's your initial impressions of Arkansas? What have you thought about them so far? 
Well, I know that obviously the quarterback is a great player, uh, tailback too. I think they're playing they're playing good on both sides of the, the football. Uh, they've been in some close games against some really good teams. Um, obviously, they play Alabama this week, so we'll get another film to watch that. But um, you know, I probably think they probably felt very similar to us, right? I think going in last week, we were both on on three game losing streak, and uh, they played a heck of a game. They just came up out of play short, but really talented football team, and we're going to have our hands full. But obviously. Uh, can't say enough about K.J. Jefferson and Rocket Sanders, what they do on that side of the ball. And then, obviously, a uh, new defense scheme, Barry Odom gone. Uh, but they're playing at a really high level, and they did a good job bringing in some difference makers in the transfer portal. Obviously, kind of a double-edged sword here because he can't play this year. But um, your thoughts on Seydoux and what you've seen from him in practice and kind of the versatility he brings, whether he's going to be a flex tight end or an outside receiver. Just Yeah, I'm – for everything I've seen, I'm, I'm glad we I'm glad we were able to get him out of the portal. He's gonna be, he's gonna be a a mismatch and a really good player for us. So glad he's in our program. This morning we asked you about Chris, and you talked about yes, he has game planning. But what kind of experience has he gained running a bunch of different offenses as a scout team quarterback? I think the biggest thing if you're a quarterback is you get a, you get a, you get to have a starting defense go against you every day, right? So you feel the pass rush around you. You get to throw against different looks. Um, now, a lot of times you're going off a card and we want the ball to go a specific place to test something on the defense. But I, I got this from Coach Leach, and it's common sense, but it's it's genius. In a lot of places, you stand your your true freshman quarterback over there behind the offense, and he's getting he's getting mental reps, you know, while the offense practices. And he meanwhile he's not doing a thing. And Coach Leach would say, "Well, that's about the." craziest thing in the world right he's going to be he's going to develop and be a better player actually participating in practice throwing the ball every rep and so and fortunately for us chris is the kind of guy who hey whatever helps the team is what can i do to give the defense a better look or whatever it takes to help prepare the team for saturday and so it's, it's fun to coach those guys how have you kind of seen chris develop you know throughout this year through practices and, and all that good stuff yeah he's, he looks more muscled up, stronger. His arm is incredibly lively. Uh, had a he popped a couple runs on the defense a week or two ago. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but uh, so mobile in the pocket. But I think we I think we had a quarterback draw look or something like that off an empty, and he took it for a touchdown against the defense. And so uh, that kind of excites you because to know you got a, a young quarterback waiting in the wings who got a real strong, lively arm, but then also has some movement abilities, make plays with his legs. Uh, it kind of excites you. Not just for this team, but yourself recruiting. How timely is it that junior college ball is in full swing right now, high school ball is kind of reaching a peak? You get to see something at everything right now. Yeah, there's nothing like an in-person evaluation, right? And you're not allowed to have contact with uh, with recruits right now. Mm-hmm. It's purely an evaluation period. So mm-hmm. you either get to watch them play a game or you know go stand out there and practice. And obviously every coach is going to want to watch a game so it gives us – I think we're going to see every single junior college game on Thursday night, and then obviously we'll be at a handful of select high school games on Friday. And so it's, it's a good good thing for a coach. You mentioned uh, one more film to watch, but you don't put anything else on film this week. Can you take advantage of this bye week and maybe tinker a little bit, maybe come up with some exotic pressures, and kind of what's your thought behind that? Uh, I think you can – I think you can overdo it, right? All of a sudden, you you try to reinvent the wheel, and your guys don't have many reps built up doing that. And next thing you know, you're asking them you're asking them to play 
in the most competitive league in all college football doing something they've only practiced for a week or a week and a half, that seems like a recipe for disaster. And so I think probably more importantly, you try to get back to the fundamentals, the points of emphasis, and the, and the base things you do, right? And you really try to clean up, hey, listen, we're, we're having mistakes on X, Y, or Z. We got to get back to cleaning those up so we can actually execute the coverage or the pressure or whatever it may be. That's specific to defense. Obviously on offense, same thing. Hey, these are our base core schemes. And when we execute them, we're, we're efficient and, and stay ahead of the chains and create explosive plays. But when we have breakdowns in X, Y, or Z, leads to negative plays. All of a sudden, you come in on a bye week and go, hey, you know what? So-and-so at this other school, is, they're, they're being real effective doing this. We're just going to put this in and get really good at it. Uh, probably not going to be a real positive result for you if you think you're only going to practice something for about three, four days and then execute it in this league. With Jordan, last Fred, question. Jordan and Freddie getting their first touchdowns uh, last week. Did you kind of see a little bit of step in practice and looking for their next opportunity? Yeah, hopefully many more to come. It's funny. It's funny how if you're a receiver, right? If you if you catch it when it when it's thrown to you and score a touchdown, quarterbacks have a way of wanting to go back to you. So, yep. Thank you guys very much. Thank, State. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.